Let's get into the Christmas spirit today on Podcast Magoria. Welcome to another episode of Podcast Magoria. My name's Autumn. And I'm James. And today, listeners, we'd love to take you on a little journey, a little history lesson, yeah. if you will. Of course, over the years of doing this show, we've discussed many Christmas traditions, mm -hmm. and one of our favorites being the old Victorian way of telling ghost stories around Christmas time. Yes. You know, we've been doing our best to try to bring that back. Yeah, every year uh, uh, since we've started, uh, we've uh, we've done our little our little Christmas story. Little Christmas ghosts, ooh, ooh, ooh spooky time! <laughs> uh, each year for Christmas Eve, we release one. Yes, trying to at least get some original ghost stories out there for the crowd. Yeah, to bring back the tradition. Um, mm -hmm. So today we want to kind of explore how that began. Of course, it's through the Charles Dickens classic a christmas carol yes yep way back in season one of our show we discussed uh you know of course as autumn mentioned the other you know, christmas tra traditions and such and and we lightly touched upon uh, various ideas behind the christmas ghost stories and stuff and we've not really have gone into too much depth into A Christmas Carol, which mm -hmm. is kind of crazy since that is like the world's best known Christmas ghost story. Uh, yeah. And a de definitive like just ghost story in general. Yeah. Yeah. But it's funny because when you mention horror and Christmas together, nobody puts the two and two together. Yeah. When it comes to this story. And I think that's, you know, and as we'll probably we'll end up discussing through a few versions later on in the episode, mm -hmm. it's definitely, depending on which version you watch, depends on how much they lean into the ghost part. Mm -hmm. And it's almost as if during the journey of the tale, you almost forget that he's being visited by spirits. If it wasn't for that pesky ghost of things to come like you know like that's that's the only one that really like makes you go oh shit one well, marley in the beginning i suppose yeah <laughs> and i also feel like the the true message of the story is lost a little bit of hey it doesn't matter where where you are in life you're gonna die yeah so you might as well be a good person while yeah. you're here yeah like, yeah, don't make everybody else's day harder because you're a prick. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so let's dig in a little bit into the history of Charles Dickens and uh, and his story writing and such. And and then, of course, kitties, it wouldn't be a podcast Magoria episode without a little bit of a list. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Charles Dickens wrote the story back in 1843, which it feels like it should have been older than that. Um, For real. Taking inspiration from his own background of living in poverty, Dickens was able to transport readers to the dirty streets of London, which even in this modern age, when you're if you're reading the story or, of course, if you're watching 
practically any of the adaptations with a few exceptions. Like every time I watch any of the Christmas Carol stories, and I remember even reading this story as a kid, you, you feel the cold, you feel the, you know, just the, the, the poverty of that time. Yeah. And I'll say this, even though it hasn't been super cold this year, us watching all the adaptations of this to get ready for this episode. Yeah. It, yeah, it, it does actually make you feel chilly. Yeah, it, it, uh, I'll tell you, it's, it's definitely chilly in the studio today. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, growing up poor, Dickens would experience firsthand many of the same difficulties that his Cratchit family would have likely faced. Having to pawn his own belongings and working in a horrible rat-infested shoe blackening factory, which is just, <laughs> it just sounds like, it's just like, might as well be, uh, he worked in a smog factory. It's right. Just like, we just make filth. Right. <laughs> hey, mister, you need some pre-blacking shoes, do you? Does you need to be filthy down the corridor? Uh, yeah uh because of this experience he was able to write from a different perspective uh the perspective of the common working class man with a distaste for those that are in that that one percent sound familiar (laughs) (laughs) yeah it was at the time definitely a different world for him because most of the writers did come from wealth and were upper class at the time because they had the education. Yeah, yeah. If you think about a lot of like who all would have been popular at the time, all of their stories were usually about that stuffy, you know, like Jane Austen esque. Mm-hmm. You know, like oh, we're just lazing oh. about and waiting for love to come. Yeah, isn't it mm. so terrible to oh. not have the any understanding of what it's like to struggle for real things? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Charles Dickens is like, hey, you know what it's like out on the streets? Yeah, yeah, it sucks. Come here, kid. Let me tell you something about <laughs> child labor. like yeah it it, it was dreadful when we mentioned charles dickens before in the christmas traditions episode we also mentioned that he had written a story before a christmas carol Mm -hmm. and this story had a similar theme the story of the goblins who stole a sexton which i think it's really funny Mm -hmm. that we're doing we mentioned this Mm -hmm. And this year's Doctor Who Christmas special has <sighs> goblins in yes, it. Yes, yes. About damn time goblins are getting their day. Right. Like, they're getting their Christmas treatment. They're catching up to us. That's right. Because <laughs> <laughs> our year two had a goblin story. Yes. So. <laughs> <laughs> that story would have similar themes uh, such as showing the main character, the past and the future and, and, and such, which we go into way more detail about that. I don't want to spend a whole lot of time talking about his other stories uh, simply because of the fact that we talk about them on that other episode. So, yeah, you know, just going to have to go back and listen <laughs> to that while we talk about Christmas Carol right now. Yes. In the Christmas present. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Go to the Christmas past if you want to hear that nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, things just kept getting worse for Mr. Dickens. Yeah. <laughs> Even after writing A Christmas Carol, of course, it shot up in fame mm-hmm. and, you know, it was starting to get bootlegged yeah. and recreated everywhere. And he had to seek legal action, making him even poorer than he was yeah. before. Yeah, it, it's it's insane to me to think that. Could you imagine if that were the case? Like, let's say 
we'll use Stephen King as an example. Mm-hmm. Like, if he just cut even right. off of all of his stories because he had to constantly pay off all of his lawyers to keep the to keep his stories his right and 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 not only that like he also not only would it it, it make him poor it would also lead to the, to the closing of the uh publisher like it actually <laughs> ruined it ruined everybody yeah yeah his story was so successful it ruined their lives yeah <laughs> <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, he he kept doing public readings of it, mm-hmm. and he ended up even doing 127 performances. Yeah, up until his death. So, I mean, he he didn't think that it completely ruined his life. Yeah. since he was doing that for people. Yeah, uh, you know, I find it kind of nice to see because at this at this point in time in history, a lot of authors, artists, and 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 otherwise, they wouldn't necessarily get to see the scope of popularity of their pieces because a lot of stuff, especially for this time period, wouldn't become incredibly popular until after their passing. Right. And so, and and you got to think since there wasn't TV, radio, and all that stuff at this mm-hmm. you know juncture in time, he still ultimately didn't get to see how much it influenced. The future, the entire uh, world, yeah, enti- yeah, the entire world, and ultimately Christmas as a whole. Like, yeah, it's it's insane to think that this man's simple story about a rich asshole <laughs> um, <laughs> ultimately would become the like Christmas thing. Like, it's like this, yeah. and like. This Gremlins and Die Hard <laughs> is is that's it. Like I mean, you know, but there have been so many influences from his story that has that has made its permanent mark on right. so much media. Yeah, and honestly, I don't think I have ever had a Christmas where I didn't watch at least one adaptation of this story. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, I mean, it's almost impossible to escape. Yeah, like I almost challenge a person to to not see a freck, like a, a Marley running down the streets, or <laughs> or at least a Christmas story that's like so heavily inspired that yeah. it is almost this same story. Yeah, but they just decide to name it something different. Yeah, well, and and that's the thing is like I would probably say that Christmas Carol, um, not only to christmas horror and stuff like that but also for just if you look at most horror movies or horror or or stories or whatever of character a gets visited by ghost Mm -hmm. and learns the folly of their ways by the end of the story that's like half of the episodes of the twilight zone right yeah (laughs) and so i think that charles dickens he's up there with like shakespeare for making the 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 this is the foundation of of a story right like romeo and juliet is every romance story and hamlet is another (laughs) you know is another story that's told time and time again and then yeah christmas carol you got it (laughs) <laughs> it's, it's insane like so i guess like i'd like to talk a little bit more about the actual story before we start jumping into adaptations and just that um the the, the theme that tends to run through each adaptation no matter how different they get because there are a few mm-hmm. that are definitely a very different take 
Yes. And and also relatively self-aware. You know, and so what makes a Christmas carol Christmas carol is, of course, you have your Scrooge character, you know, being an asshole, <laughs> just being a terrible rich bastard. Right. Mistreating his employee or employees um, and then visited by the Marley-esque character, letting him know that, hey, shit's about to go down. Yeah. Hey, I messed up in my life. Yeah. I don't want to see you do the same yeah. thing. I'm going to teach you a lesson. Which, I mean, you know, I don't, and I didn't look into this because I didn't think about it until just now. Um, I'd be really interested in a story from Marley's point of view. I would, I was just thinking as we were talking that it would be really cool to see how Marley got this whole production set up. Right. <laughs> It's like did, an Ocean's Eleven yeah, situation. Yeah, like, <laughs> did he did he know these ghosts before? Yeah. Or had he heard of just, them? Hey, I like what you do, I get, kid. I, I, I got just, somebody I, I you need a like, prank. There's like this 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 like you got the jazz drums. Yeah. First ghost. You know, yeah. Like, Listen, little girl, I need you to to show this man the past. And they have to work together <laughs> to get the ghost of Christmas future to come and actually do his thing. Because he's so cold and distant. Oh, my God. So what I really want to see now is I want to see basically a heist movie. Yeah. But it's from, from the, the point ghost. Of, from, from the point of view of the ghost. Yes. Where, like, maybe if they successfully pull off this spiritual heist of uh, of Scrooge turning him from being, a, you know, a, a turd into maybe not so much of a turd. Mm-hmm. Um, they get maybe Marley's getting his freedom from his chains. Maybe this is his final good <gasps> deed. Oh, my God. Why has nobody done that yet? If they have, I didn't know. But, uh, yeah. But, uh, but th- Let that's... us know if that's already <laughs> out there. But uh, I wouldn't mind seeing like a Tower Heist-esque, um, <laughs> like just... Really? Like that? Oh, I'm interested in this. I'm very interested in this. It'd be a weird, it would be a really weird retelling. But there are so many other weird retellings of Scrooge. Right. Why would, why would it be out of place from any other Christmas Carol-esque mm-hmm. production? That's right. So if you're we... out there listening and you make yes. stuff, make yeah. sure to credit us. Yeah, 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 yeah. Please let, let us know if we inspired you to make this fucking this spirit <laughs> heist thing. Because that's, I'm 100% down to watch that. <laughs> so, yeah, as we keep referencing uh, throughout the years, there have been many retellings of the story um, in every kind of media from, from film, television, stage, radio, comics, cartoons. I mean, just if you can. Put a story to something. Yeah. Yeah. Like like breakfast cereal practically. Like it's I I think there's even been like novel retellings of Mm -hmm. the entire story. Like you know. Yeah. It's it's yeah, I mean there's plenty of stuff that's from like the point of view of, of Scrooge, not just as a you know, a fly on the wall, but from his I mean it's it's insane like how many times it's been redone and also how the Scrooge character has influenced you know so many different things mm-hmm. you know the most obvious Scrooge McDuck <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in type uh, in typical podcast Magoria fashion let's get to listing some stuff <laughs> I would like to start with well uh, oh. you gotta explain to the crowd how you're going to be rating these adaptations (laughs) so i have (laughs) james for once actually put a rating system in our notes 
that's right. I <laughs> <laughs> don't and I know. was like, huh, huh. okay, <laughs> this is different. That's right. Um, yep. <laughs> I will be rating each one of these various adaptations um, how I saw fit for that adaptation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> You'll understand as we go along. <laughs> so the first one is it's tied with with number two. Uh, as far as like what people when you think of classic black and white old school Christmas Carol, mm-hmm. um, it's usually this one and maybe the other one. There's a there's actually an older one even still that you know back in like the sixties or whatever people probably would have been like would have been more in in the camp of going that's the real you know Christmas <laughs> Carol. But those people are gone now. So <laughs> this is the real real a Christmas yeah. Carol. This is one of the earliest adaptations that I can personally remember watching on TV quite Mm -hmm. a bit and just the the characterization in this one. Scrooge is so (laughs) weird in this one. He's very odd. All right, so this is the 1938 uh, A Christmas Carol and I like to nickname him Old Dole Whip Scrooge because he has this little like fiddly bit on top. He's got the weirdest hairstyle of any Scrooge as well. (laughs) Yes. so, first of all, the make, like hair and makeup was, was, was unique. Um, mm-hmm. in this one and the the actor that plays Scrooge which I I didn't write down his name because I didn't think a whole lot of people would have been really bothered by by that yeah, but, nah. but, <laughs> but but anyway he's he's very 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 animated yeah and compared um, to a lot of other Scrooges I'd say so and 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 like even before he's made his transformation to being a better man does show moments like excitement and joy mm-hmm. like you know it's very very early on that he he's already like you know stretching his old man makeup very because <laughs> it's 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 unique but um i i was telling you whenever uh we were we actually watched this adaptation that if i were to remake specifically this one <laughs> i wanted billy boyd uh yeah. to play the part of scrooge and i definitely see that um but yeah, this one was one of the uh, versions that we watched a lot in my house growing up. I gave it two out of five Marleys. Hmm. Because it, <laughs> it's, it's not a, super it's a spooky. Classic, yeah, it's classic. But it, it's definitely not the best one. No. Either. No, 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 no. It's like this order is pretty much more or less in chronological order, and and yeah, definitely not from greatest to least mm. or or vice versa it it's just you know so that's why two out of five marley's it's just an it's just good enough just good enough the next one on the list would be scrooge also known as a christmas carol depending on uh where you lived when it was released and when you mm-hmm. saw it because various versions of the, of this movie do exist um this is the 1951 adaptation this is one of the most popular like that that's you know the 1938 one it's neck and neck with this one but yeah. this one tends to be uh definitive i feel like i see clips from this one way yeah. more um like whenever they have a christmas carol playing in a movie i feel like this is the one that they yeah. take the clips from yeah um and i will say it probably does have some of the spookiest effects yeah uh, from the older ones yeah, for sure. Like, uh, I would think that this one would be, uh, especially for the older adaptations, this one leans the heaviest into 
this is a fucking ghost story. We're not messing around here. Yeah. Get ready to get scared. Guys, remember, there's ghosts in this. Yeah, now. because <laughs> the, the Marley effects are great. Most people will probably best know this version for when Jacob Marley is talking to Scrooge. And he's talking about, you know, the chains that weigh him down and all that. And he pulls open the window to show all the other pe- yeah. tortured souls in the streets. It's such a great effect. Yeah, it looks so cool. And pretty advanced for the time, too, oh. for 1951. Yeah, yeah. It was I mean, top notch. Like, I like this Scrooge more <laughs> than uh, the uh, previous versions. I think this one's a little bit more what I would call Scrooge-like. <laughs> yeah. He definitely has a characterization of that he only cares about himself. Yeah. And he, I don't know, he looks a little more old and crotchety yeah. compared yeah. to the other ones, too. Which is crazy because, again, don't I didn't write down an actor's name, but he lived until, like, he, he was alive for quite a while. Like, he wasn't an old man during this movie. Wow. Um, but, yeah, he had sadder eyes. Yeah. And I think that's what really did it for me as far as like Scrooge's go, because Scrooge as a character, I mean, yeah, he's a he's a jerk, but he it's the story of a of a person that has had a sad life. Yeah. But had privilege. Yeah, so he's just like, Oh, the world sucks, but yeah. at least I can spend my money and be by myself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so this one I think is definitely worth a watch. Um, I have given it four out of five Marleys because of the scares. Yeah, boo. <laughs> now the next one. <sighs> it was the 70s, folks. It's the 70s. That, you know what that means. That's all I can say. You got you to gotta know <laughs> which are, one we're going to next. That's right. <laughs> we are talking about 1970s Scrooge. It's musical Scrooge, <laughs> starring Albert Finney. That's right. I wrote down his uh, his name, and uh, you probably best know him as uh, Daddy Warbucks from the Annie uh, musical film adaptation. I dare you to watch this movie and not get the "Thank You Very Much" song stuck in your head. Yeah. When we were talking about this and we were going through and and watching clips from um, the various adaptations and stuff, majority of the time I was pretending that I had my thumbs in me suspenders and doing the little elbow thing. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) Um, Albert Finney is a fantastic actor when it comes to being a Scrooge type. Right. And he's also incredibly young in this movie. He doesn't look it. He looks like a fantastic Scrooge. And even whenever they go to the past, and he, this is one of the few adaptations, I think, that the actor playing Scrooge plays himself younger. Yeah, I think so. Because all the rest of them, it's, it's, it's three actors. It'll be the little boy Scrooge. It'll be young adult Scrooge. And mm-hmm. then yeah. old bitch Scrooge. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, Albert Finney played the younger version of himself. He still looks pretty old. <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, mm, <laughs> can get a little confusing there yeah. for a moment. <laughs> but uh, I just, I do absolutely uh, enjoy his performance in this movie. Um, just from a different standpoint, this one I don't think is scary at all. No. Um, that is... <laughs> it's scary because it's a musical. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And I think this wasn't the first Scrooge Christmas Carol musical, but I think this was the beginning of the trend 
mm. of adaptations becoming musical versions. So because of all this in mind, I am rating this three out of five figgy puddings. <laughs> you guys thought it was going to be a Marley. <laughs> Joke's on you. <laughs> Next up uh, is, I think, anybody that's a fan, like most people. I would say that most people in the horror community and almost everybody that I know that's around our age, when I ask them, because I was asking folks around the office mm-hmm. and, and random folks on the street, and uh, even even, a, even a, a random pigeon. I asked, uh, what was their favorite adaptation of A Christmas Carol? And most, without hesitation, said 1988's Scrooge. That's right. They even knew, uh, knew the uh, the year. <laughs> um, they probably said, oh, you know, the one with Bill Murray in it. Ah, the one. Scrooge. No, um, it was surprising how many people did go Scrooged. No, yeah. like no hesitation. Yeah, I honestly think this is probably one of the more popular adaptations. Yeah. And I also think we probably shouldn't go into too much detail about mm. it. Hmm. Okay. For reasons. Well, um, we, we know that uh, this movie at least features a bazillion people. In in the horror comedy like community, it's a Bill Murray classic, and that's why this movie gets a five out of five toasters to the head. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Autumn, I'll, I'll let you take the next one if you'd like. I said that Scrooge was one of the most popular adaptations, mm-hmm. but I honestly think this one is the most popular adaptation, yeah. at least for our generation. Oh, yeah. And that is The Muppet Christmas Carol from oh. 1992. Holy mackerel. What a devastating <laughs> movie, first of all. Yes, yeah. And you, if you haven't seen it, you're probably going... Muppets devastating. Oh well, God. you should shut your mouth and watch the movie right now if yeah. you think that. Yeah. Oh my gosh. How it... heart wrenching and just some of the like it's got some scary parts. Yeah. Yeah. Um from from the beginning of that movie to the end, it is I would say not only one of the best adaptations of a Christmas Carol, but also easily one of the best movies ever made i would agree i would definitely agree uh you know it for so long it played every single christmas Mm -hmm. didn't matter yeah oh yeah i'm surprised our yeah i i I can't believe that our vhs tape didn't yeah just burn yeah because we watched (laughs) it a lot yeah and 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 i mean it's sometimes not even just during christmas time but but yeah definitely it was a we have to watch this movie every christmas for for the majority of the 90s this was it yeah and i mean having uh michael kane play scrooge he is such a no-brainer for it mm-hmm. like he does such a phenomenal job and of course everybody yeah. loves how he approached performing I'm, scrooge i mean him playing across from muppets yeah. you would you would have never thought at the time that that would have happened mm-hmm. um and he does so well yeah well because he what he approached it he just flat out was just like i'm not 
treating this as if I'm in a movie with puppets. Mm-hmm. These are all real actors. Yeah. Which, well, which, I mean, they are. Well, they are. <laughs> but, but you know, like in, in any of the other Muppet films, you know, when you see people interact with the Muppets, they're either, one, hamming it up, mm-hmm. or two, they're too busy being turned into children because they're acting with the Muppets. Yeah. Because, like, you see a lot of that, you know, going back and, and watching the Muppet show, you'll see you know, actors and stuff, like, they can't help but have a grin on their face while Kermit or Fozzie or somebody's in front of them. And it would, I think, honestly, it would be hard to be acting in a in a movie with the puppets and not be grinning the entire time. Right. But Michael Caine Michael just Caine like... Michael Caine comes in and <laughs> makes us cry as yeah. children. Well, because he has so much fury. And, it, like, when he's, like, when he gets pissed off and he uh-huh. screams at the Muppets and stuff, it's like, holy crap, no one screams at the Muppets. Yeah. Like, Michael Caine does. But, I mean, just the technical level of the production of that film you know uh like the opening number when scrooge is walking through the town Mm -hmm. is so amazing and we kind of mentioned it when we were talking uh uh, when we were doing our review a little shop of horrors of that you know those people look like muppets and stuff and and that was reminiscent of this movie but this movie like you as as the audience, you almost kind of forget you're watching a Muppet film. Mm-hmm. Until you hear, no cheeses for us, Mises. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> One of the best lines. <laughs> now, this is another, of course, with Muppets, it's another uh, musical adaptation. Yes. And we've mentioned several times how often you cry Yeah, with this adaptation. Yeah, yeah. Um, this is seriously... There's one particular song sequence in this movie that I did not know had been removed because I, I own... Like, you probably owned it too. Yeah. Like, we owned the, the initial release on VHS... Yeah, and, and at some point they had taken out the song, the breakup song between him and Elizabeth. Yeah, and that it, oh, it, it was it was too heavy for kids. Yeah, it yeah. was too depressing for kids. Yeah. apparently. Yeah, they so Disney decided that that song and that scene was too emotionally complex for children to handle. I get it. <laughs> yeah. Because it is 100% devastating. And it, and freaking like Michael Caine is crying. Gonzo and Rizzo are crying. And the audience is definitely crying. Yeah, cr- Rizzo is crying. Yes. Rizzo. Like, the yeah. rat. <laughs> <laughs> like it is. It's hard. It's a harsh, harsh, harsh scene. And I remember when they finally added Muppet Christmas Carol to Disney+. Plus how excited I was, Mm -hmm. but I was just like, I was brace because like the scene was coming and I was (laughs) bracing for it. I had the tissues and I was just like, I'm not going to cry this time. I'm not going to cry this time. And then the scene never came. Right. And I was like, what the hell? And this was several years back. And finally, it was just like only a couple of years ago, they finally added in, they had it to watch separate if you wanted to see basically the deleted scene. But now they have actually, if you go into the options before you start the movie for the complete edition that includes the scene, which I hear like they shouldn't even they should make an option to remove it, not an option to add it in. Because <laughs> yeah. I feel like for you to truly understand the pain 
of the Scrooge character and to and to kind of see the humanity in him and why he becomes the way he is. This is a good it's a good scene to have. Yeah. Plus also, what's wrong with making kids cry? Yeah, I feel like it adds a new layer to that movie yeah. that is very much missed when it's uh, mm-hmm. taken out. So yeah. how did you rate this one, James? Oh, a very obvious eight out of five Michael Caine grins. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. And obviously eight out of five. Now, that kind of sums it up for the theatrical release uh, slash adaptations of uh, of A Christmas Carol. But there have been several made-for-TV miniseries or made-for-TV movie adaptations that, honestly, some of them should have been in theaters. And some that maybe would have been too long to put into theaters, but are still fantastic. Right. Like my absolute favorite adaptation, A Christmas Carol from 2019. Yes. Put out by FX. Um, It was a three-part series that they Mm -hmm. eventually just squished all together in one like TV movie. And it's one of the best adaptations because they do not skimp on it being a scary story. Yeah, it's it's I would say one of the very few true true to origin horror stories. Right. Uh because I mean the atmosphere alone is so bleak. Mm-hmm. And you know we were talking about earlier how you feel chilled when you mm-hmm. listen to this story. Well, this this adaptation Definitely puts a chill in the air. Yes. This adaptation was written by Stephen Knight, and it's starring some great people like Guy Pearce and Andy Serkis. They do an amazing job in this. Heck, you even have Ridley Scott and Tom Hardy backing this project as producers. Okay, yeah. And I mean, here's the thing. Ridley Scott doesn't dick around no he does not he probably (laughs) saw like the concept work for this and was like yeah i'm gonna throw money at that yeah this this is my brand yeah oh for sure yeah (laughs) bleak period piece that sounds right oh yeah (laughs) um and as i said it is one of the scariest adaptations i believe Mm -hmm. some of the best versions of the spirits especially the ghost of christmas future like yeah very scary, creepy. Yeah. If you didn't check this out when it first came out, uh, you can watch it on Hulu now. Mm-hmm. And I definitely think you should. You need to. Yeah. If you've never thought of A Christmas Carol being spooky enough for you, yeah. Y- yeah, watch if all, it. <laughs> yeah, if all these other versions were just too cheerful, um, that one's definitely one to go for. Yeah, and I mean, it's definitely not like the other versions where it's more family-friendly. Yeah. Because, I mean, even the spookier versions uh, before this one were still family-friendly in a way. But this one has a lot more adult themes. Like, it shows a lot more of Scrooge's past and some more sad things that happened to him as an even smaller child. It, It just, it deals with a lot of heavier things yeah good adaptation yeah um it adds to the story so what would be your uh i'll let you do your rating for it since it's your that's your fave (laughs) um i would give it a 4.5 andy circus hats out of 
five. Wow. Okay. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's got a cool hat. In yes, it. he does. <laughs> <laughs> Just figured I'd tack that on. <laughs> so, of course, there were also many, many. animated. Many. Uh, adaptations um there were way more than i thought there had been also <laughs> there were way more that i i didn't think i had ever seen but then as i was looking at them i was like oh fuck i've seen i've seen that one i've seen this one and it was just like i was like okay well i'm not gonna i'll have to make a whole second episode just about the animated adaptations right. because there's a lot of old ones that i didn't think well looking at the list of adaptations of this like I got like cross-eyed because uh-huh. I I didn't realize that there were as many as yeah. there are. Well, and, and, and it's crazy. Well, and also as you were saying when we were uh, talking about the sheer amount of adaptations, was we've seen like you because you've seen a lot of them too. Mm-hmm. Like not just the ones because like, the ones we're listening to in the episode I feel are like the popular ones. Yeah, but there are like. So many, and I feel as if that even again, like if you, like I said at the top of this episode, if you didn't even like a Christmas Carol, tough shit, you're still watching it, yeah, because it's everywhere. It even appeared as episodes of popular TV shows, yes, that we grew up with. But one of my personal favorites mm-hmm. was, of course, from the real Ghostbusters, yes. their version of it. Which is such a fun, it's a bizarre concept, but it's such a fun episode, Um, of course, for the, for recording this episode, um, (laughs) we, you know, naturally watched it and... Because I can tell you the last time I saw it, probably when it aired, but but, um, like... It's so fun. Of course, if you haven't seen the episode... uh, it, it ultimately is inexplicably the the bus the them busters uh, end up going back in time and accidentally saving Scrooge from the spirits. Yeah, it, it's honestly a very cute concept. It's so wacky. It's a big oopsie. We've changed the course yeah, of history. Yeah, because they they end they manage to get back to the present and. It turns out that Scrooge, because he didn't get haunted by those ghosts, he ends up like outlawing Christmas and writes Mm -hmm. a book about why Christmas is a sham and all this stuff. And everybody's like assholes in the future. Yeah. Which, I mean, in all fairness, it makes me wonder how the Ghostbusters were still a thing in that alternate timeline. But Mm. somehow they still got together. Everything still worked out the same. There was still ghosts to bust. (laughs) That's right. Um, But... It was it just beca- no. It became more of a thing because oh. he probably wrote about the ghosts getting busted. <laughs> yeah, maybe Scrooge in that alternate timeline is the original Ghostbuster. Yeah, like he, he creates. Made, he made a Ghostbusting business oh my from God, that to so make funny. more money. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they end up having to go back in time to scare Scrooge. All the while, Egon has to go into the spirit realm to find the <laughs> the original ghosts to bring them back. It's such a like 
it's also a pretty tense episode. I it's, was getting wrapped up in it. I was like, oh my god, they're not going to make it. It sounds like the second part to our um, the heist, the heist movie. <laughs> honestly, oh my god. Uh, so, so definitely, if you've not watched uh, this episode of <laughs> of the real Ghostbusters, I definitely do it because it's it's, a, fun. it's such a fun. It's it's easily one of the best episodes of the show even mm-hmm. like i it's mm-hmm. i got a lot, there's of, a lot of good ones but this one also you get to see all of the other ghosts from mm-hmm. previous episodes in it yeah because like, the boogeyman showed up boogeyman right? um you see sam hayne you see yeah. all of them are, are running around like um so yeah this one gets five out of five onion heads and i totally agree with that rating (laughs) folks we could talk all day about uh, all these different adaptations um so i would like to do a little quick uh, honorable mention uh of course there may be some of you screaming at your listening device going what about mickey's christmas carol (laughs) that's not scary it's not scary it's sad yeah we ended up re-watching it first of all way shorter than i remember oh yeah uh second of all not nearly as scary and third of all also not nearly as sad as i remember yeah we tried to stick to the adaptations that had more spooky parts or really cool like effects yeah yeah and whatnot um so i gave that one just a easy three out of five tiny tim crutches <laughs> uh, another honorable mention which this is gonna be i think more for our older listeners um and that would be mr magoo's christmas carol um <laughs> that one is genuinely like it's I, very sad i it's... never <laughs> thought mr magoo could make me cry before watching this yeah. as a child yeah and um it's so sad. Yeah, yeah. Why is Mr. Magoo so sad? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Um, this is also a musical uh, uh, adaptation. How but about it's that? Sad. <laughs> it's super sad. It's super sad. Um, so uh, this one, though, because it's Mr. Magoo, uh, only gets two out of five. <laughs> Marvelous. Ah, oh, yes, my boy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> of course, we didn't mention the Jim Carrey version. Oh, I had somebody ask me if we were going to talk about that version, and I actually said I was purposefully not including it on the list because I hate that movie. Well, okay. <laughs> and now we gotta we oh, gotta mention it to? now oh. because okay, that one is a little creepy. Yeah, for all the it, wrong reasons. It is definitely like the worst version out there, and it could it could have had so much. Uh, it had so much possibility. There's okay. It. My my deepest apologies, sincerest apologies to our listeners that like that movie. I, here's the thing: I think that a big problem with it is one, in Uncanny Valley. Right. Two, I think it's just genuinely a stupid movie. Maybe that's what makes it the scariest one on our list. <laughs> yeah, then for the wrong the, reason, the Uncanny Valley. Well, it definitely is the scariest on our, on our list because of the fact that fucking Scrooge sucks on his own nose, and that. I, that is a little creepy. Yes. yes. <laughs> Horrible. Um, <laughs> but also uh, another really solid adaptation. If you're looking for something a little bit more serious and a little bit more kind of like 
classical Victorian style uh, A Christmas Carol than seek out the one with Patrick Stewart as uh, Scrooge. That is a solid. That one was a big deal when it came out. That one's just a beautiful movie in general. That's a solid adaptation. Um, There's another one that has, I think, uh, Richard E. Grant. As Scrooge. Oh, I forgot about that uh, one. That one is good. Um, and then there is, again, there is a million that I, I flat out can't remember at this point. But, you know, that's where we lean on you, our dear listeners. Yeah. What's your favorite version? Yeah. What's your... Any of them give you the spooks? Yeah. Do you get, do you get, do you, ooh, do you change what kind of person you are by the end of the story? Or do you slide back into being a nasty old curmudgeon? <laughs> <laughs> uh, let us know, please. Um, if there's other uh, adaptations that we didn't list that you th- you're just like, oh my God, I can't believe they didn't talk about the 1967 animated one that has like Buddy Hackett and all, like, <laughs> it, uh, Come on. <laughs> but but yeah, it's it's uh there's a lot. So but you know, again, if we didn't list it, or if you think that it was an absolute crime that I mention uh the Albert Finney <laughs> version, uh let us know. And arrest us, I yeah, guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Take me away. <laughs> um yes. Reach out to our socials, let us know what's going on. Um that brings us to the end this episode of Podcast Magoria. Our next episode, we review one of our previously mentioned adaptations. Hmm. 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 Which one could it be? Which one did we skip over a lot that we should have <laughs> talked about a lot more? Uh, well, you should have been paying attention, folks. Uh <laughs> That's right. We're going to be talking about Scrooged. Um, how do we like this Bill Murray classic? <laughs> I think you might know. I hope you. I hope you have a different rating. Oh no! Since <laughs> so uh, you already gave it a five out of five toasters to the head, but you might have a different rating system I next might, time. Yeah, I may. I may. Well, well, if I do, you'll have to wait until next time. If you find yourself. Being visited by three spirits, try to learn the lesson that they teach. Don't be such a Scrooge. Make merry. And most importantly, like old Jacob Marley himself, he would say, he would say, Stay spooky. been listening to podcast magoria with autumn and james starring autumn campbell and james davis produced by taryn westphal with music by james davis like what you heard subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and be sure to follow on facebook instagram and twitter for posts related to podcast magoria productions and as always stay spooky Mm-hmm. <laughs>